Train Your Body with the American College of Sports Medicine on Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Here's Melanie Cole. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, about one third, 78.6 million of the U.S. adults are considered obese. And a recent study conducted by the University of Wisconsin-Madison found that using a Fitbit can help postmenopausal obese women stay motivated to lose weight. My guest, of course, fan favorite, Dr. John Higgins, sports cardiologist for the University of Texas Health Science Center in Houston, and recent marathon runner. He just ran a marathon a few days ago in Houston. So we congratulate and applaud our Dr. John Higgins. So welcome to the show, and congratulations, Dr. Higgins. Well, thank you, Melanie, and and, uh, to those other, you know, 27,000 people that uh, completed it, and to all of those people who are doing some exercise today and getting their 10,000 steps in. And finally, Melanie, I was listening before, and I would like you to bring in your guitar and play some Eagles for us one (laughs) time. Yeah, I'll do that, and then my producer, Sonar, can jump in, and we can do a little busking on the radio here. Awesome, Yeah, that would be kind of fun. So, So, Dr. Higgins, I have a Fitbit. I stopped wearing it a little bit because it got a little uncomfortable, but how does that help us to stay motivated, and what does this research say about using them? Well, I think that there are some people that obviously don't need any activity devices, uh, Melanie, because they're already achieving the you know uh, recommended goal, which is you know 150 minutes uh, per week of moderate uh, to uh, vigorous intensity exercise or, or 10,000 steps a day. You know, so they're and they're in shape. So. However, there is a large portion of people, as you just mentioned, that are not getting enough energy expenditure into their daily life. And in fact, a lot of them will often overestimate, you know, when they, patients come to see us, you know, we'll ask them and they'll say, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing, you know, 30, 40 minutes and then we'll get them to get the, the Fitbit and it's a cold, hard reality check because they actually realize, well, they were doing a lot less than they actually thought they were doing. So I think the nice thing about these devices, Melanie, is it can give us fairly accurate objective data on what they're actually doing, and then we can talk to them about how to they they may want to uh, things they may want to do to adjust their diet to work along with the exercise to either lose weight or to maintain their weight and not gain weight. So how are you seeing this as that motivator? If you were to tell somebody to go out and buy a Fitbit, now there's different levels too, Dr. Higgins, right? Some keep track of your heart rate, some you can input your daily food, some, you know, track your sleep. They do all these different things. What would you tell people about when they go to look for them? I would firstly recommend for most people, Melanie, a a, a simple uh, and cheap device, like, for example, the Fitbit Zip, which is the kind of entry-level device, which is around $50, and and several are are, are other of the devices, you know, Jawbone Up and the other ones, they, uh, Nike, they have some entry-level devices, because my first question is, is this actually going to, are they going to use it, you know, and is it going to actually make a difference to this person? And so I would uh, recommend for most people, give a try for the entry-level devices and make sure it's with a device that has a really nice web-based program or, or a smartphone-based app that you can really uh, get your information. It summarizes it well so you can get an idea fairly easily of what you're doing and also what you need to be doing, Melanie. So I think that that's, that's what I would say for most people. However, 
if you are a data junkie and you really love all of getting all of that information, you know, getting all of the stuff about heart rate, getting all of the information about um, different activities, sleep, making it a little bit easier to enter the food information, and you want all of that, and money is no object, then I would go, you know, to the to the top of the line version. But essentially, Melanie, they all do a similar thing. It just what varies is how much time and effort an effort you have to spend kind of putting in data. The higher-end models, you, you have to do less. It does kind of more things automatically. So, that's, so you that's don't necessarily kind of- need all the bells and whistles, but you have to decide whether or not you're going to make the commitment to, as you say, input all the data and be involved. But the more involved you are with your Fitbit, the better your results, correct? I mean, if you're going to be yeah. someone who's going to look every day, like I did when I first got mine, at what my sleep patterns were and go, whoa, yeah. you know, I didn't sleep that good. Or make sure I get that little, they, they vibrate on your wrist when you get your 10,000 steps. Exactly. And that's always a bit of a shocker, but kind of surprising. And you go, whoa, something just, you know, vibrated. Them. So it's really about how involved you want to be. Yeah, it, exactly, Melanie. Like any behavior change, it is important to not only set the behavior change in motion, but have frequent endpoints, frequent feedback. And if you are not on the right trajectory for that device or, or person, if, if it is a personal trainer, to give you targeted feedback to tell you to how to get on the trajectory that you want to get on. And again, you know, some of the higher-end devices are getting better at doing that more individualized feedback, which is really, really important, I think, for most people. Because, you know, it's one thing to go out and get the steps in, but if all you're doing each day is is just the same thing, you know, you'll probably uh, get a bit bored, and you also, you'll probably will, um, you know, sort of say to yourself, well, you know, do I really need this? So I think that the, again, those higher-end devices, they are not only about making sure that you're getting uh, and reaching your goals, but they tend to also go toward progression. That is, you know, they know, for example, that people adapt. And, you know, it may you may burn a certain amount of calories today when you're first starting with your 10,000 steps a day, but, you know, you're uh, system is going to become a lot more efficient in a couple of months' time, and you're, you're probably going to burn less calories. And so the, the better devices appreciate the fact that, you know, people's efficiency changes and that they have to adapt to that, as well as the importance of getting food and not those empty calories, but getting really important food groups and getting valuable calories. Well, if you want to use this Fitbit tracker as part of the strategy, you know, a long-term utility as a tool, and you don't like the way it sits on your wrist, Dr. Higgins, like I didn't really, or if I was an obese person, I would think it'd be very uncomfortable to have something like that digging into your wrist. I imagine they make them large size so that they fit on a larger wrist. But do they have the ones, I think we mentioned once in a shoe or that ones you can wear in your pocket. Tell us about those. Yeah, yeah. No, they do have various options, Melanie. They have devices now that can uh, clip on the belt or go into your pocket. In fact, some of the uh, apps also just work from your uh, uh, smartphone, which is, you know, most people will carry in their pockets. And some of them also have a device which you can, in fact, clip onto your shoelaces, and that will sync with your smartphone and give you the feedback. I think in the future, Melanie, where we're going to go towards more or, or less 
kind of of the clip-on or or additional devices, but they're going to go more toward devices and sensors that are actually already built into your clothing, like built into your underwear or to your shirts or built into the actual shoes and other resources that you're using for your activity. And there's not going to be kind of like a separate uh, uh, tracker device that you're going to need. It's going to be actually already built in and completely sync with all of your devices wherever you are. In fact, even, uh, you know, they are testing out in some places, some gyms where they will automatically sense the type of device you're getting, and that will also sync with the various machines that you're using in the gym and, and upload it to the various apps and so that you can get a comprehensive picture of your activity no matter where you are. And we, only have about, we only have about yeah. 10 seconds here, Dr. Higgins. Oh, okay. Did you happen to wear one during your marathon? Um, no. I, I, I would well, love I to a, see how many I had, steps. I, I did have a, just a, a regular uh, Garmin, um, you know, which was tracking my split times for my miles. But um, in terms of the, uh, the, the devices, I think the take-home, Melanie, is if you are not sure and you, and you, or you don't think you're achieving your goals, I think give it a try. Try an entry-level device and see if that extra feedback can help you to get on track. But remember, it is important to talk to experts and watch your diet as well. It's not just all about exercise. It's also about diet. Thank you so much. This is Melanie Cole, and stay well.